Why would you wanna kill somebody who was just raised from the dead? Like because you're a better person than you were in the past Classmates pass gossip notes fast Hoping to rally up enough trash to suck you back into the ground So that they aren't offended by your progress Actions speak louder than loud poets Actions speak louder than loud pastors I will always be more impressed with one's lifestyle Instead of their style of vernacular tone and diction Which leads me to a story that I've heard tossed around before but Grace and peace everybody, it's Pastor Leon and this is the Pastor Cast. You were just listening to Sean Welcome, one of his original works A spoken word entitled Lazarus and Sean and I uh, had a conversation recently, and uh, he was kind enough to allow me to uh, produce that conversation into a podcast and some videos as well. And so it is uh, with great pleasure that we continue our conversation with Sean Welcome. We have been seeing a lot of transformation in our country over the last month in a lot of ways. And so not only are we still dealing with the effects of a global pandemic, but we are also dealing with the effects of the murder of George Floyd uh, and the video that was produced as a result of that and sent around the world. Uh, And then all of the conversations, the difficult conversations that have taken place over social media on Uh, on the streets of our city in protest, some violent, most peaceful, uh, and uh, the ensuing uh, sort of aftermath of that. And so it's uh, it's a great time to have these conversations, and Sean was kind enough to to give me his time and uh, to be able to have uh, some, some very pointed discussions about the issues of systemic racism in America. And so let's get right back into it and hear some more from Sean. As part of our conversation, Sean shared with me that one of the roles that he believes that a lot of black leaders can play is as a role of consultant when it comes to race relations, when it comes to their connections to white people who want to do more, who want to know more so that they can do better. And the reason why he said that they should play the role of consultant was because their resources, their intellect, was needed within their own communities. That was the primary sort of uh, role that they needed to be playing. It wasn't the only role, but it was a primary role. Uh, And so I asked him to talk more about that and what he meant by that and why that was such an important issue for him. And this is what he had to say. It's complex. It's it's very complex. And... um, we all, you know, have varying uh, viewpoints on prescriptions mm-hmm. or a series of prescriptions yep. to undo uh, the, the problems we, we face. Um, you know, I, I have, you know, mine, uh, a, another uh, so-called black person may have theirs. Like I, you know, I have, you know, my, my opinions. Um, I, I think it's worth mentioning that um, one of the downfalls of, of in, integration is uh, or desegregation is is that um, the um, so-called black uh, intellect, human capital, 
wealth, resources, what have you, was distributed to the dominant white society. You know what I mean? Like that, that's, that was, um, that was kind of one of the things that I think had a, 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 almost a negative effect with good intent, but negative effects to um, so-called black communities in, in America. We lost a, a lot because of that. Whereas before it was sort of, like it was things were segregated, but with that came like this concentration of, of knowledge and, and understanding of who you were as African, African-American history, heritage, culture. Um, and, and so, you know, so yeah, there's, it's, it's deep and complex. And if, if you don't take time to understand or, or read into all the complexities that go into the, uh, the reasons why we're where we are, um, we won't come close to developing solutions for it. Like we, we say in a teaching um, with uh, kind of connected with my job is uh, the closer you are to the problem the closer you'll be to the solution so mm -hmm. i think i think we're at a state now where it's hard to not be close to the problem like everyone's like feeling it like ah but yeah. but with that there's hope you know there's hope like okay we're all close to the problem which is uh the uh uh pre um whatever the word is credit preceding um place uh, for solutions. So. I asked Sean if he wouldn't mind taking a deeper dive into what he meant when he was talking about systemic racism and, and where we can see the evidences of that systemic racism all around us. This is something that is being debated in the public sphere right now. Uh, the evidences are there, but so many people have a difficult time seeing them. I think data can, can be a driver for these conversations as well. Like just putting some statistics out there. Um, like one that, that immediately pops to my mind is um, uh, we're 13% we're of the population. Well, that was as of, I think, 2010, the, the census is coming up. I think it may be about 16% now, but neither here nor there. Let's say 13% of the population um, and own... Uh, two percent of the wealth in this nation. So, like, you would think that if we were thirteen percent of the population, we would be some. We would own somewhere around thirteen percent of the wealth, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, it's. It, I mean, it, it's stats are astounding. You know, forty percent of the prison population. Um, the new Jim Crow is a, a great uh, resource if, if you want to get data and stats but um there's those are those are structural things in place like when when the civil war ended and these uh wealthy once you know in these high power position uh, uh whites lost everything economically um you know they didn't you know just disappear like they became cops and pastors and <laughs> teachers and you know what I mean created laws like it's like 
the, the, like when, when we talk about foundational and systemic uh, uh, racism, the, the, we're talking about people that, that had specific attitudes that wrote things in place to assure that they were still in power. Um, and so I don't, I don't know, I just, I just think, I think the conversations are helpful because one could, uh, and understandably so, um, as, as, you know, a so-called Black American would be like visceral with this information and like, just because they like, they see the, the negative effects of it. Right. Um, and, and it would get, the truth would get lost in um, a misinterpretation of intensity with hostility. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so it, it's, it's important that we have meaningful dialogue, um, uh, an, an open ear, um, a safe space um, that, that may could, you know, tensions could raise because we're, we're, we're talking about infringements on people's identities. Yeah. When we say you're this, you know, and get this finger pointing and stuff like that. It's like, understand that it's sensitive, but I'm, I'm hopeful, man. Like, I, I think that, uh, I think there's an open ear uh, now in a way that it hasn't been in, in past uh, decades. Um, and I think the church uh, has a, uh, a leadership role. Like, we, like, churches shape society. Like, schools were based on church like you sit down and you listen you know like yeah. like the, the church has such uh, I, I believe an intricate role um and if we cry out to god and 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 ask him for wisdom like he is sure to be there for us we just have to lean on him and and trust him and be gracious and and follow jesus like just follow jesus like he won't lead us astray and be confident in that you know And if you ever decide to make changes for the better, you better brace yourself for bad weather because better you means jealous me. I said if you ever decide to cool the climate of your lifestyle, you better hold on for hurricanes because better you means jealous me. Most of us know the story that he was risen, but I didn't know chief priests tried to kill him after he was risen as if it was treason to change. Yeah. Drama, straight out of the good book, I can't take credit, quote, but the chief priest plotted to put Lazarus to death also, because on account of him, many of the Jews went away and believed in Yeshua, end quote. In legal terms, they wanted to destroy the evidence. Yeah, pa- Pastor, Pastor um, Casey Doss released a message that I listened to, listened to recently, I thought it was really powerful. He, he brought up the point that if everybody got saved tomorrow, like there would still be racism yeah. because, because, because racism, uh, um, deals with the hate, you know, like, uh, the heart condition, but it doesn't change the way you've been programmed to think for centuries. You right. know, it's, it's so, I, I think we have to, um, uh, look, uh, like, understand that it's, I don't, I don't want to be heretical, but, like, not necessarily sinful, if I can say that. It's, it's just, it, it's, it's uh, like, culturally, we've been sort of, like, shaped to think and be certain ways or have ideas of supremacy or I'm better than, you know, that kind of thing. 
And, um, you know, we go through a process of sanctification, like, like it's an ongoing um, effort in, in, in like walking with Jesus is, is uh, it's a process. Um, another thing that he mentioned, I thought was pretty profound is that he says that most uh, people don't think of themselves as racist because we've lifted the bar of racist so high. Like if you're not if you're not in a white sheet and burning crosses, and you're like I don't do that, or or don't use derogatory language towards minority groups, right. then you're like you you dissociate yourself from from that and um would would not look at the other uh kind of small foxes <laughs> ways in 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 which um you, you know those uh racist attitudes can um um. Uh, manifest and he defines racism um, as uh, any value judgment placed on another individual based on the color of their skin you know so like like we have to assess character and and all of that based on our like conversations relationships with them and and, and so forth uh, so so it, it, it's it's a lot man it's 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 longer than this interview today <laughs> but, <laughs> Uh, some time ago, it had to have been around 2012-ish when the Trayvon Martin stuff was like happening. And um, I, the study had to do with like assessing biases on, on referees at hockey games. Mm -hmm. And consistently, the, the outcomes was that more penalty calls were called on the teams with the darker colors because they were viewed as more aggressive, more uh violent and that sort of thing and at that time i was like i'm not sharing this <laughs> like like i don't want to i don't want to be that guy you know what i mean uh, yeah but when all of this happened I, I i started to revisit that i'm like man there's there's something a little bit deeper than 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 uh that one one scholar referred to um you know uh, us trying to get people to embrace blackness and 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 look at black as a positive um as rolling an elephant up a hill on roller skates you know what i mean like we're we're tr we're trying to undo what on many levels you know black magic black death bl black plague you got a black eye like all this stuff and then we're we're trying to make this shift when it comes to people so i i think it, there's um i feel like when we respectfully refer to each other will be viewed as um human <laughs> and 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 there is a sense of a uh, cultural sort of respect and dignity um that that can be restored and as like as as christians and and those that follow christ like i feel like there's there's infrastructure for that, right? Because we identify as kingdom citizens, yeah. right? Like, and, and that our our identity is 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 rooted in in how we identify in uh, Christ and um, identify as uh, having this other home, and it, it allows us to move forward with some sense of stability. Not everyone is. Uh, 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 subscribes to a higher power uh, right. sort of feel. 
But I think the next best thing is this sort of very practical identifying with our heritage and our culture. And that kind of goes into the education system with, there's things that we can implement and, and, and teach um, our children who they are, why they're here, that sense of purpose, holding your head up high on all fronts. And um, I, I think that'll take time, but we can move forward in a society that values one another um, in, in such a way that lessens uh, some of what we're dealing with today. I wanted to ask Sean what he thought about the idea that we see lifted up in scripture about how we are all created in the image of God. It doesn't specify in the Bible whether someone was black or white or any other color. It just said that we are all, all human beings were created in God's image. And so what I take from that is that we are fully representing and fully embodying and, and showing the image of God when all of us are together, when all of us are unified in our diversity. So I asked Sean what he thought of that and like what he might have to say to the church uh, and to those within the church who may seek to deny that. Yeah, there's, there's so many... Um... Uh, thoughts that can that can come out of this, but I I think um, the church has a major role um, to play in this. Um, I mean, you you have to think there were churches during the times of slavery, right? So, how you know <laughs> we we can't ignore that that um, there are things that that do not have hold. There are systems that don't have a, a high moral ground that the um, institutions, even the church, have not been able to uh, dismantle or speak out against because of their own self-interest, right? So I, I don't think it's, um, I mean, things have changed to a degree, but like, you know, the, I, I feel like that's still at play. There, there's still things that are happening and um, there, there is, uh, the enemy can work with complicit uh, churches um, to continue um, whatever the enemy wants to do uh, in the earth. And, and so we have to be, you know, proactive, um, not just not racist, but like anti-racist, like yeah. on, on the aggressive sort of side with that. Uh, yeah. And um, I, I think congregations are already accustomed to a call out culture, you yeah. know, like, like preachers, uh, tend to, you know, call out sins and 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 say things that are convicting um, already. And so I, I think the church is ready for that more than, even than the world, because in the world, like people don't want to be told what to do or how to think or you know whatever. But I, I think there's uh, the body is is ready um, because we don't you know, talk about everything else. <laughs> yeah. so, so it's like, hey, we'll, just, we'll just throw this in the pot now. You know what I mean? <laughs> uh, uh, but, so, yeah, uh, a lot of people that have their own conclusions though, too. Uh, that's where real heart change comes from. Yeah. So I, I, I believe God will give us.
mentioned to Sean that I'd heard something from some of my white colleagues and friends, something that disturbed me. Um, they were saying that the next generation gets this. The next generation is going to save us. They don't see issues of race the way that the previous generations have seen them. And the reason why that bothered me was because it almost felt like abdication. Uh, like this is something that we don't have to address or we can't possibly address. The next generation is just going to have to fix it. And so I asked Sean what he thought about that and, and what he thought that, uh, that those of us who call ourselves followers of Christ need to say and to do in the face of those kinds of abdications. And this is what he had to say. I think, I think the heart of what you're getting at is like, no, like don't just pass the buck. You know, like, like, like there's, there's some, uh, ownership in, involved, um, you know, that, that, yeah. So now I, I mean, yeah, I, I, uh, I, I see why that can be like, oh, don't just say they're going to take care of it kind of deal. Um, it, <laughs> it is going to millennials, you know, they're going to handle it all. <laughs> but I mean, I think it's a great generation, you know, I, I have a millennial for a kid and he's, I mean, you know, he's definitely like, there's a, there's a huge difference between the way that they see the world and the way that my generation does. Right, right, right. Yeah, it's a, it's a combination of both. Um, I, you know, think, you know, wisdom from the elders and, and the, you know, idealism of the youth. It's like you, you need to be cross-generational and, and having these conversations. I have three sons, you know what I mean? We have conversations. Um, uh, the oldest one is uh, uh, 19 and that's uh, now seven and a four-year-old. Um, and, and so there's this whole other thing of like, what, what are we communicating with our uh, kids? You know, cause they're, they're all watching and, and I'm having different conversations according to their, to their age. Right. But um, right. Yeah. It's uh, there's a lot that happens within um, African-American communities across the country that, uh, by and large, um, if you're not really close, you, you just, you know, white folks won't just won't get. Uh, yeah. and, and, and so I think I think we really have to, like, understand that part of it mm-hmm. um, and, and vice versa to um, not to put any like work on us. But like there, no. there's just if you're not close to anything, you just won't see some you won't see the perspective. Okay. And uh, we we need we need we need more perspectives, for sure. Yeah, um, But I appreciate everything that you're doing, Pastor Leon. Man, you're you're like you're championing the cause, man. You're like you're in there. You're like I don't know what to do, but like I'm gonna try something. You know what I mean? Like like obviously God has. <laughs> so now I appreciate your uh, just your leadership and. Um, you know, I, I think God is going to uh, use you in this time. And, and, you know, everyone has a role to, to play. And, and um, I think he'll, he'll help you identify w- whatever that looks like for you. And, uh, you know, I, I think many people will benefit uh, from that as they, you know, ha- come to their own conclusions. Well, thank you for joining us for this edition of the Pastor Cast, uh, conversations on issues of racial injustice. Uh, and uh, I'm so grateful that you were able to join us. And I'm so grateful to Sean for spending time with me and being able to do this interview uh, so that we could produce this podcast. 
Uh, if you ever want to know more about Sean, all you need to do is Google Sean Welcome, and you'll be able to see all of his work, videos, uh, and uh, all kinds of recordings and things that he's done. Uh, and so I urge you to check that out. Um, and if you're interested in the work that he's doing, uh, check out the Polis Institute, uh, P-O-L-I-S, and that's in Orlando, Florida. Uh, and you can see more of Sean's work. We're going to continue these conversations. The next podcast that we're going to do is going to be an interview that I just finished with a good friend of mine, Reverend Bobby Masingwa. Uh, Bobby uh, was raised in South Africa under apartheid uh, and has been working as a, um, a pastor, a minister within the Presbyterian Church USA for many years and serves in St. Petersburg, Florida. You will not want to miss this interview with Bobby. He's fantastic. And so uh, we'll continue to have these conversations. Thank you for being with us. And I hope that you enjoyed this edition of the Pastor Cast. Why would you want to kill somebody who was just raised from the dead? Like, because you're a better person than you were in the past.